Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 61, Over and Under Comfort Awaits. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Melissa as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Good, good. Uh, she has the biggest smile on right now. Uh, so <laughs> I'm excited. I love your podcast. Yes, yeah. yes. I always <laughs> love people who are loving my podcast, and she listened to one about knitting, and that got her inspired to talk about her topic of today, which I won't mention yet, <laughs> but we're going to jump into that. But before we do that, who is Melissa? So Melissa is a 29-year-old Ottawan. It, Ottawa is my adopted city. I, uh, I'm from Pickering originally, so the Toronto area. I'm an editor and a translator with Transport Canada and also the Dictionary of Canadian Biography. Yeah, in my spare time, I have uh, quite a few hobbies that involve crafts. I've, um, I like to describe myself as an inveterate crafter, so you'll uh, hear about that. Exactly. So today we're going to be talking one of of your favorite crafts. Is it considered a craft? I guess, yeah. You know what? It is a craft. Yeah. You're crafting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yes, today we're going to be talking about sewing. Yes. So uh, I'm just going to jump into it. How did you get introduced <laughs> to sewing? Um. Well, the short answer is my mom. So my mom, she started sewing, I think, you know, ever since she was a teenager. And my, my grandmother, my nonna, call in an Italian, she sewed as well, and she she knit as well, and so I I learned to sew by hand probably when I was four or five, but the the, the sewing machine was a game changer. Um, so that's really when the so the you know my my passion for sewing started, and uh, like most fun things, it started with me misbehaving. <laughs> um, I was nine. So my mom did, so she, um, when she had my, when she had me and my brother, she stayed at home with us and, um, to make money on the side, she would sew things for, um, for people, normally acquaintances and, you know, people who, you know, friends of friends. And, um, so she had her, uh, you know, her, her sewing room in the basement she had her sewing machines and uh, her, um, you know, her her notions and her little library of patterns. And sometimes I would sit on the top of the stairs and kind of spy on my mom uh, when she was talking to one of her clients and talking about, you know, the dress that they wanted or fitting. And and so I I grew up with it. And um, one day I and I should mention, you know, I I knew that this was her. Uh, you know, that this was serious business, that, you know, she did this professionally. So um, I was not to touch any of the machines or I was not to play with, you know, they, they were not toys. Uh, and uh, I was, for the most part, pretty obedient until, <laughs> so when I was around nine, I think, I was curious and I was looking at her sewing machine. It was a really nice singer from the 1980s. I think might even be older, but she had that machine for years. But anyway, and I was playing with the the foot, which is basically the clamp underneath the needle. I didn't touch it that uh, like I touched it really lightly and then it fell off. And uh, nine year old Melissa is freaking out like the the terror and um, <laughs> and you know, I, I didn't know at the time that it's supposed to. On some machines, there's uh, the the foot is connected by a screw, but this one it kind of clicked in to a little hook. 
Um, so I thought that I had broken my mom's sewing machine. I thought that her sewing career was over thanks to my uh, treacherous ways and and uh, there was no way to fix it. I was trying to put it back on and, you know, so I just left it naively thinking that she wouldn't notice and she did. And I think she knew that I was scared. <laughs> But that's what I remember, you know, getting into to sewing on a machine and, and learning how to make things. So, yeah, and uh, I've been sewing ever since. So after you, quote unquote, broke your mother's machine, <laughs> yeah. was it at that point that your mother said, oh, my goodness, Melissa might be interested in this. So I'm going to teach her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from as early as I can remember, I was always into crafts and I, I was, you know, I enjoyed sewing by hand and... I think, yeah, I, I think she could tell I was interested and um, maybe she wanted to pass on the craft too. Uh, I don't know. I should ask her really what her, her side of that story. But yeah, so she, that's how she taught me. And um, yeah, so she would teach me how to use the machine and, uh, you know, eventually how to cut patterns and basically all of her, her, her tricks and her, uh, you know, how she would make things. Now, this might be a hard question to ask, but have you taught her anything now? So it's like the teacher now or the student now became the master. Have you taught your mother anything now? Oh, uh, all the new good... techniques <laughs> and uh, the millennial stuff. Oh, uh, that's a good question. Not that I can think of. She's still like I, I um, for a few recent projects, which I'll talk about a little later. Um, sometimes I call her or text her and I, she gives me some advice and. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I, if there's anything I could teach her. She was, she's amazing as a seamstress. And I was, I'm really lucky to uh, growing up around that. And that I, I was very fortunate for her to teach me. And so, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's a boss when it comes to sewing. So I, I, I humbly admit that I, I don't think I could ever uh, teach her anything, but I'll think of something. Have you guys ever worked on a project together? Yeah, so um, quite a few things over the years. Um, normally, my back-to-school outfit we would do together. Um, my dress that I wore to my confirmation we made together. Some costumes, although she made a lot of them when I was little, even before I started sewing. Um, Barney is one of my favorites. It's Snow White was another good one. Oh, actually, there's one thing. One thing that was really cool. When I was in junior kindergarten, my class made a quilt to send to Bosnia um, at the time that that was the time of the Bosnian War. So each of us had a little square that we drew on and um, my mom sewed all the squares from the kids in my class together. And uh, we made the Pickering News Advertiser. <laughs> um, and there's a photo of us. Yeah, it was May 8th, 1994. <laughs> There's a picture of her with uh, me and my junior kindergarten class and a little description. And yeah, it was a really beautiful quilt. And uh, I, you know, that's one thing that uh, was special. And we kind of, we made it together, but really she did all the sewing at that point. Like I was, I was four at the time. So I, I drew my square and I watched her do the rest and work her magics. Actually, speaking about going back in time, yeah. do you still own the first thing you created? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I can't remember what the very first thing was, but I started with making clothes for my Barbies and Beanie Babies. I was I was totally into Thai Beanie Babies, so I would make clothes and I'd start without a pattern and I, I'd kind of, you know, oh, you know, if I wrap this scrap of denim from my mom's project that was in the, the, the trash bin, not the, the trash, but the, the scrap fabric bin, if I kind of wrap it around pounce the cat's legs and I kind of do this and sew this here. Oh, it's pants. And then eventually I got, you know, my mom showed me, no, well, if you cut it this way, this will, you know, that's how you get the pant leg. And uh, yeah, I, I, I made other things. Uh, I made a pair of overalls for Derby the horse. I made a few dresses for my Beanie Babies and Barbies. And eventually she bought me a McCall's pattern for um, Beanie Baby clothes and and uh, a Butterick one for Barbie clothes. So That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I think for, that's the first thing that I, I would have made. For half a second, I don't know why, but through my mind, I was thinking Melissa would go around in her house with scissors and cut fabric from like <laughs> clothing of her parents, her brother, and then use it. And then they would look and they'd see like a weird square and they're like, Pants <laughs> I didn't misbehave that badly. I wasn't. But you know, I mean, like Gone with the Wind, Scarlett O'Hara with the curtains and or, uh, you know, Sound of Music. Maria doesn't know where she's going to get this fabric for, uh, you know, the Von Trapp children and the camera pans to the curtains. And then it. it yeah. So, I mean, it's not good work. Thankfully, I never uh, <laughs> I never caused that much trouble, so. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need to resort to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking about all these projects, where do you tend to go to create these uh, projects? In other words, where do you get your like ideas like, ooh, I want to create this or ooh, I want to create that? Inspiration kind of comes from everywhere. I browse patterns online and or when I go to Fabricland. Uh, and uh, sometimes I see a pattern that's really great and I, I really want to make it or... Sometimes I'll see, you know, when I'm shopping, something like a really pretty dress. And I thought, you know, I kind of have a pattern like that and I can modify it a little bit. Or a, a big one is gifts. One of the most recent things I made was uh, a, a bathrobe for my boyfriend. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, it was it was a fun project. I, it's even monogrammed too. I, I was really, uh, I was inspired when... He lives in a really nice apartment here in Ottawa, but it's uh, it's an old apartment and the ceilings are high and it could get, you know, a little chilly, especially in that period in Ottawa where, you know, you think winter's done and spring is not quite here, but, you know, that in between where you can't turn the heat on and so place ends up being cold. And he said, oh, I, I should get myself a, you know, a bathrobe or like a lounge robe. And um, I remembered that and I was thinking, okay, this year, what am I going to get? Uh, what am I going to get him for his birthday? And I was having lunch one Sunday and it just popped into my head. And so I rushed off to Fabricland and I got uh, a pattern and, and the uh, really nice um, fabric for it. And yeah, sometimes it's out of necessity or uh, just doing something for someone else. Uh, so, yeah. Actually, speaking of which, do you prefer doing things out of necessity or just like, I wouldn't say non-necessity, but like more creative, artistic. like, oh, this is, yeah, exactly, artistic. It's hard to separate the two. It's hard to, um, even something very practical. In um, When you're sewing, 
sewing itself is a is a craft. And so I don't know, it, it's hard to separate the two. I think it starts out of practicality. It's something that I need or I want. And then you get creative, like, oh, for instance, I could add piping to this pillow and it would really make it look unique. Or, uh, you know, maybe I could, uh, I, I think maybe flounce or ruffles on this skirt would complement the print that's really calming and, and flowy. You know, everything I make, I kind of put a little bit of myself into it. Uh, it's it's a reflection of of me to some extent. So, yeah, I guess every piece is, uh, you know, a mix of practical and the artistic. I like that. I like that. There's no like one that dominates the other. You're perfectly comfortable in both, I wouldn't say domain, but like both areas. Like, you know what? Today I feel creative. Today I feel practical. Today I feel creative and practical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that said, maybe I could make like there's um, I've never made a quilt before. And that's something that in the future I might like to do. There's some beautiful ones that that I've seen. I, uh, you know, in my days as I used to work as a historical interpreter, and uh, some of the quilts that uh, that we had in some of the buildings, or even modern ones. For uh, anyone in Toronto at York Mill Station, there's a beautiful quilt that depicts the Hogs Hollow disaster. Basically, uh, there were a few workers who died in an explosion in the early 60s, I think. And it's just, it's very moving and very beautiful. And it it's a memorial to those who died and, you know, some of the, uh, the sadder chapters in the, the city's history. So yeah, if you ever pass through that TTC station, I highly recommend uh, checking that out. On that note, do you ever do emotional sewing in that sense? Like if you have a hard time, you sew something that represents your hard time. Or if you have a happy time, you sew a smiley face, I, yeah. something, something happy. Oh, um, <laughs> yes. I, I, oh, it's, a, it's a tough question. Well, I, something came to my mind immediately, but it's, it's technically it's knitting, but I, I've got to tell this story because it, it. By all means, go ahead. It, it's as if, uh. So my um, my grandmother on my dad's side passed away uh, actually two years ago today, and she had had Alzheimer's for several years. And uh, as a gift to her, and as something, I I wanted to make something for her that would comfort her. She I don't think she did a lot of knitting, but she did so. And, you know, something handmade, I, I think is, you know, that, that's, it's a perfect gift for, from a granddaughter to a grandmother. And, and when you make something, again, putting yourself into it, it's a conscious decision to make the thing, the project. And it's just all the choices about color and style and utility and, and that. That's how you put yourself into it. And for her, I wanted to make her a beautiful blanket. I chose a really soft yarn that for tactile, and uh, it was a really beautiful blue. And I, I saw a pattern. It's uh, for any knitters out there. It's the elegantly simple baby blanket. It's basically a wave pattern, a fan and feather kind of, but it looks it's it's a wave and kind of looks like a a shell as well. I, it's just it's beautiful, lacy. Um, Basically, it's got ripple and a few holes in the, the pattern. It, it's beautiful. And so I thought, yeah, like this, I'm sure Nona would love this. You know, I, I, I hope that it comforts her in, in this time. I, I kind of thought, 
you know, the pattern and the color might represent the, the sea. Um, it's said that the, the ocean has, has no memory. Uh, and it, it kind of, for some reason, that resonated. You know, she was, at that point, she had lost most of her, her memories. And, but it, it was difficult for me and my whole family. Yeah, so I, I wanted to make this, uh, this blanket for her. And uh, it turned out that she passed away before I finished it. And I felt terrible and guilty, and I felt as though I had failed. And I, I thought, you know, what do I do with this blanket now? Do I leave it with her in her casket, or do I keep it for myself to remember her, or do I give it to someone else? It doesn't seem like a, a difficult decision, but in those few days between, you know, her death and the, the funeral, it, it's, uh, I, I just felt overwhelmed by that decision and I, I it was so important to me because I had put I, I had put so much of myself into this uh, and I I was attached to this project so it was the night of her one of one of the visitations and I was overwhelmed by this dilemma and it was at the end and I was alone with her in the room it was the evening and the uh the sun was just going down and I was kneeling before her and literally praying like, oh my, like, what am I supposed to do? So I, I was praying and I, I was asking God to, uh, to help me through this. And then something incredible happened. I, I looked up and the lid of the casket was lined with satin. And it was in it, it. It was pleated in a in a semicircle pattern. It was really nicely designed, and the the light from the sunset was shining through the window, and it was shining through. The funeral home had these really pretty lamps with a cutout pattern, and the light was shining through the lampshades, the the cutouts, and the light was shining on the the lid of the casket. And with the semicircle and the pleats and those, you know, those, those specks of light, it looked like the pattern, the elegantly simple, the, the fan and feather. It, it, it's, I know it sounds strange, but it looked exactly like the, you know, the, the wave, the kind of shell pattern. And I like to think it's as if that was her way of telling me that she, she wanted to keep that, uh, that blanket and that, it was okay that I, I, I hadn't finished it and uh, I started bawling. <laughs> um, but I, in a way, I felt at peace. And so I knew that I, I, had, to, uh, I had to leave it with her. So the next day I, uh, I finished it. I was binding off, which means uh, taking the stitches off and finishing it in the car to the funeral. And uh, I, uh, I tucked her in. So... Yeah, I know that's a long story, but um, that's uh, it's a personal story, and I wasn't sure if I should share it. But that's uh, I think one of the best examples I could give of knitting your emotions. Everything was woven into that blanket. My uh, my love for my my grandparents and my nonna, my uh, my worry for you know her health, the loss of her memories, the stress that my parents were going through my decision to give it to her and uh, my my regret that I couldn't have given it to her sooner. So, yeah. I would like to just start off by saying my condolences. Oh, thanks. 
the, off of that story, it sounds, if your grandmother was anybody like yourself, she must have been an amazing person, a creative oh. <laughs> person, and also a very gentle, kind-hearted person. And that was a very good story. Oh. And it makes this so much more interesting because you can see the passion behind why you do this. It's not just for yourself. It's for a family. And I have to say... That's a pretty cool coinc like coincidence with the light shining. Yeah, and it was the, I wish, it's hard for me to d explain it, but it just, the pattern, the way, like the, the lacy pattern and the way that the, um, the, the holes are in that, in the little, uh, the wave, it, it just, somehow it lined up almost perfectly and I... It never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> it's going to be like one of those memories that's never going to leave. Oh, I'll song. never forget. I will never forget that it's etched indelibly onto my mind. So, And at yeah. least now the thing you created is now with your grandmother. So yeah. it's something that you shared and you love. And yeah. I'm sure she's very happy wherever she is. Yeah, I hope so. No, it's really hard for me to do a segue <laughs> from <laughs> that. But <laughs> you know okay. what? I'm going to try I kinda, anyways. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I... I you know, uh, no, no, we no, can no, go that, back to sewing. And <laughs> no, no, this, this story was definitely needed. I am okay. very thankful you shared it. Aww. You didn't have to, but you did. And I'm very thankful. And I'm sure the people listening are Aww. very appreciative as well. But uh, let's say, hopefully this is a good segue. I hope yeah. it is. Oh, of course. On a personal level, what would you say is the best thing about sewing? Hopefully that's a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically being able to create something original. And it, it's empowering because you control... You have full control over the creative process and you can make something that fits you perfectly if you're making clothes or something that fulfills a certain need, uh, gifts, for instance, whether it be a, you know, a bathrobe or um, a friend of mine who also sews, um, she made me a beautiful makeup bag and uh, a pillowcase. So yeah, projects that turn into gifts, that's that's one thing that's... Um, great about sewing on a personal level. Yeah, sometimes just the, the sense of um, when you're amazed when something turns out better than you had expected or better than you had envisioned, that's a great feeling too. Um, and it, it kind of, it makes you feel more confident. Of course, it can go in the, the totally the opposite direction. <laughs> it, can, it can be a total disaster. I've, I've been there. It's okay. We, it, it happens. So, yeah, those are those are a few things on a, a personal level. Yeah. Well, at least you get to learn from your mistakes. I wouldn't yeah. say it's a mistake. It's a beautiful lesson. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you, I've learned a lot. You really do learn, you know, what, there are some mistakes you only make once. Um, <laughs> one time I made uh, really nice, uh, I had really nice royal blue corduroy and I made a, a nice skirt out of it. The only problem was I cut one piece one way, like with... So when you pat corduroy, it's um, I cut one piece in one direction and one piece in the other direction. So it looks from far away, it looks like two different colors or two different shades. That's one thing with corduroy it's, or velvet, because the um, the fibers all uh, the fabric runs in a certain way. So yeah, that that was a weird looking skirt. I wore it anyway, but <laughs> you know what? It, it screams out, Melissa. It is your skirt. Yeah. It's your creation. You wear it proud. It's like when you cook something, not you per se, but like when you cook something and yeah. you know it doesn't taste good, you'll pretend it tastes good in front of other people. Like, mm, this is my creation, yeah. but it tastes horrible. But you know what? I made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's basically like that. Yeah, you just gotta be confident and either pretend that that's exactly what you wanted to do or. Admit defeat and be happy anyway. 
There you go. I like I like that optimism of you. That's yeah. always been a good quality from you. Oh, thank you. It's I owe it to sewing. And actually, that's another thing. I, I with sewing, you know, part of sewing is some people specialize in alterations. And I kind of grew up knowing how something could be fixed if I tore a pair of jeans or if a stitching came undone. It it teaches you how to fix things. It teaches you, um, yeah, how how to uh, to mend something broken. That could be philosophical, uh, but uh, yeah, that's another thing on a personal level. So I was always, uh, and and still when I sew, I I think whenever I run into a problem, I think okay, there's a way to fix it. I just have to find it, and I just have to be patient. Maybe browse a few sewing blogs or call my mom. <laughs> well, actually on that note, so Melissa and I used to work together when we lived in France yeah. with a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I really had bad bags and one of my bags just ripped and our mutual friend, Lauren, yeah, uh, sewed it back together with two floss. Really? I didn't know about this. Yeah, I'll show it to you after. It's still <laughs> really? in my closet. It's, it's still holding strong. And this is how many years ago? This is at least five, five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Kind of five. Oh wow! There's so many things that I learn years later from <laughs> our time in uh, in France. Oh man! But Good I, job, Lauren. Yeah, shout out to Lauren. And yes, five years later, I am still bald. <laughs> oh. Now, for you, would you say you prefer sewing by hand, like just going hand, or by machine? Both. You you do any given project usually has a bit of both. I do a little embroidery, so that's by hand. Or you can do it with machines too. Yeah, I find um, sewing by hand is a little more relaxing. But when you're making something, I like I like the speed and the uh, the power of a machine, um, and just the the quality and the the durability that you get. But there's some for hems, for instance. A lot of those I like to do by hand because you, that's how you can get invisible seams. Or there's a lot of fancy stitches that uh, that you can do too, and also. I, I sometimes, I, one of the things I do is historical costumes, kind of from my life, lifelong love of history and museums and, and that. And the sewing machine only came into existence in the early 1800s. So anything before that was basically done by hand. So uh, yeah, I've learned a few historical stitches too. So I like, I like both. Depends on what project you're uh, you're working on um, some call for lots of hand stitching and little machine, some vice versa. Speaking about machine, what is your current machine you're using, and what are some key features that you like about it? Ah, um, so I have three machines. Wow. I, well, <laughs> I, I, so um, the one I use most is the so it's a brother VX eleven forty, and um, that was the one I got for my eleventh birthday. So I was no longer, I graduated from my mom's 1980s-ish Singer sewing machine. Um, and she bought, my, my parents bought me my own sewing machine for my 11th birthday and I've had it ever since. It doesn't have a lot of fancy features, but it's, uh, it's I've made a lot of great things on that sewing machine and I, you know, I'll, I'll always, I'll keep it as long as I can because, uh, it's, it's the machine I learned a lot on and I, I grew up with. Um, so there's that. And, uh, I also have a serger. So a serger is a machine that you use or for, for overlock. So if, um, you're sewing something, 
you have your seam, but there's still a frayed edge or a, uh, an edge that can be susceptible to, to fraying. So in order to secure it, you want to have a stitch that wraps the thread around it. And that's basically what a serger does. And uh, my serger is, um, oh boy, I blanked out. It's a, it's a Mylock 203. Um, and my aunt gave it to me. She had it for a uh, few years and she, she wasn't using it as much. And so she was really thoughtful and, uh, she, she asked me if I wanted it and I said, yes. And recently my, my parents brought it up to Ottawa for me. So, uh, I've been doing a lot of surging and my third machine <laughs> is, um, my grandmother on my mom's side. So not my, my different my other nonna, um, she had that machine, oh, she probably bought it in the 80s, or it, it's not super, super old, but um, it's uh, now, she also passed away uh, seven years ago, uh, so it's been at, in my parents' basement for, uh, actually, no, it's, it's at, it, it was at my, uh, my nonno's house, and then he, um, he recently moved, and so it was in my, mom's sewing room for a little while and then uh, she gave it to me it's uh, I don't have it in Ottawa yet but it's in my room in Pickering and uh, yeah it's it hasn't been used for many years so I've got to oil it and make sure everything's working but uh, that's a singer a singer 25 2502c Okay, yeah. so I just picture you for some reason. I picture you having the three machines set up <laughs> and just on like one multi, table. yeah, exactly, all multitasking at <laughs> yeah. once. It actually leads me to this following question because you seem like they all have different features that you like. Mm -hmm. And in today, we're the twenty first century. Is there any feature that you would like a sewing machine to have that doesn't they don't necessarily have right now? Oh, there's uh, oh, there, there's nowadays <laughs> there's sewing machines with like basically a whole computer in them, uh, really high tech ones that can do really, um, really amazing embroidery, a, a feature that is not currently in a sewing machine that, yeah. uh, oh, maybe if, I don't know if this exists, it probably doesn't, but who knows, maybe I should Google it later, but <laughs> one that, so when you make a mistake, you take a stitch picker and you have to pick it out by hand and depending on the fabric, you've got to be really careful and do it you know, one or one, one by one, because you don't want to snag the fabric. And there was a sewing machine that could pick stitches out. You just press the foot pedal and, and it, it takes it all out. That would be amazing. I don't know how that would work, especially on a lot of delicate fabrics, but that would take a lot of, you know, that would save a lot of time and frustration. Um, so there's that. But yeah, there's some sewing machines that do amazing stuff it kind of i'm tempted to uh you know <laughs> abandon my uh my faithful brother vx 1140 and uh but i can't <laughs> i can't maybe i could just have both maybe i could i don't know duct tape my smartphone to it and make it look make it seem kind of high tech i don't know and just have either siri or google talk back to you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right it's google i mean uh sewing machine <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> Actually, so talking about like the modern times and the older times, how is an old world craft like sewing still relevant in our 21st century world? Oh, yeah. Like I, I obviously it's sewing. The craft isn't what it used to be. Um, it used to be in most households. 
like in my my grandparents' generation, most or I don't know most, but many, it was something common that you'd see in a household. Um, even if someone didn't undertake many sewing projects, it's something that a lot of people would have for alterations, and most people knew how, and definitely by hand. And today, you'd be surprised how many people don't know how to sew on a button or just do simple things like that that are really useful and practical and can get you out of a, a sticky situation when, I don't know, you're going somewhere important and uh, a seam comes undone or something like that. So there's always going to be, it's always going to be relevant for fixes on on clothing. And also there's always going to be niche markets for costumes is a big one. There's a lot of patterns, uh, a lot of pattern companies that make a lot of cool costumes, bespoke tailoring. And also, I think it's relevant to the 21st century because, you know, a growing concern is the environmental impact of fast fashion. Yes, it it makes clothing more affordable and, uh, you know, there's, there's more choice for the consumer and those are good things. But it's we pay a price. I, I think I read in North America every year there's 10 million tons of textile waste that ends up in landfill and most of it is recyclable. It has a, a huge impact on the environment. And if we learned how to to fix clothes that we already have um, instead of throwing a, throwing them away or you know you can make something yourself, it kind of those are maybe starting points for, for, for a solution. So yeah, it's, it's, it's relevant. And there are, um, you know, even here in Ontario, but around the world, there are companies that uh, are addressing that issue. And I know some people who learn to sew because of that. Yeah, it's definitely a problem that uh, is not going to go away easily. It's, it's a very complicated issue. You know, it's it's a whole industry that's changing. It, you know, the the idea of fast fashion versus slow fashion, which uh, slow fashion is emerging. Basically, the idea is, uh, you know, something is very well made, custom made, and you keep it for a long time, and and you can uh, repair it. Going back to the artistic, there are always artists who will uh, have the need for a sewing machine. So, yeah, it it hasn't lost its relevance. You know, this is nothing new. It's, it's always, it's changed. Um, in this day and age, it should probably be a necessity to learn how to do this as, as much as like learning how to change a tire or yeah. uh, I don't know what else are necessities. Come on, Alex, think you're a human. Oh. What do you need to do? Brush your teeth? Cook, yeah, thank you. Cooking. Yes, yeah, I was just yeah. saying brush your teeth. <laughs> that's like a basic thing. So yeah, sewing, changing a tire, uh, cooking are basic things because as far as I know, I don't think the world's going to become nudists anytime soon <laughs> and clothes are going to be pretty relevant for yeah. <laughs> a long time coming. So yeah. making your clothes last is probably a good thing and you get to save money and save the environment, which is a great thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I also read something about how um, there was a surgeon in a, in a medical school who said he could notice from a few generations differences in dexter hand dexterity because people... You know, we think of women sewing, but men would, goes back centuries, um, surgeons, sailors, you know, e everyone knew how to sew, even the, the most basic tasks. Uh, and uh, yeah, these days he was saying, you know, because there's a lot of people who can't sew at all, he could kind of see in, in medical students' surgery, 
he could kind of tell the difference. So that was interesting. So, I mean, anyone getting, anyone thinking of going into uh, the medical profession, sewing might be a good uh, pastime. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of which, I've like, I remember seeing a video a while back of a robot sewing back together the skin of a grape. Really? Oh, yeah. It was like a robot doing it, or I think it was a doctor or somebody controlling it. But you, it was a video online of a robot peeling the grape, cutting it with a, um, not an exacto knife. What's it called? A scalpel? Yes, thing? thank or, you. Uh... <laughs> the, the, the sharp blade. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it cut it open and then it sewn back the skin of the grape. Wow. So uh, if the robots are doing that, humans, you got to catch up. Come on. Robots are sewing yeah. grapes back together. Come on. <laughs> Our fingers are good. We could use them. So when it comes to inspirations, you talked about your grandmother, your mother. Do you have any other inspirations? Let's say a celebrity who does it or somebody else in your family, a friend, a cartoon character that does love sewing, anybody, anything. My biggest inspiration is history. Yeah. Like I, I, I used to work at several historic sites. Um, I wore everything from uh, an 1860s crinoline to uh, a maid in um, Laurier House National Historic Site here in Ottawa, which is an amazing place to visit. Go check way. it out. Yeah. And for every year, they have a 1940s uh, kitchen party. And one year, I made a 1940s dress out of a retro pattern from Vogue. It was the original pattern that was reproduced. And uh, I see those things in the, re the the retro vintage section of the patterns and I get so inspired and, you know, the fashion of the 40s and the 50s. Um, yeah, so I, I made my dress for that party, kind of left it to the last minute, but it all worked out and so is that. But also it, even in high school, I, and even still, I, I'm terrified of public speaking and uh, it's something that, as a tour guide, you. Yeah, I worked as a tour guide and I, that anxiety and the stage fright kind of got flicked off when I really got into the subject and, and history and, and talking about something I was really passionate about. But I still did have stage fright sometimes. And it was nice to be wearing a costume where, you know, if I kind of blanked out or if I got a little nervous, I, I would start talking about my costume because a lot of people, it's the first thing that sometimes people, I, I, when I worked at Black Creek for Black Creek Pioneer Village um, in Toronto, another amazing site that you should visit. Sometimes I'd be talking and, and people, I could tell they, they, I don't know if they were paying attention to me talking about the building, but they were totally interested in my dress. And so I, I talked about crinoline and my skirt that, that's the the hoop skirt so the big so yeah it definitely gave me confidence in high school too i i was nervous when i was doing presentations in history class but when i was up in front of you know my grade 11 history class dressed as cleopatra that was one costume i made it was awesome i even paper mached like a, a headpiece that's it was cool. great and i i totally it made me feel like oh melissa you've got this like don't worry. Or uh, I once dressed as Lord Byron and I made one of those like poetic frilly shirts. Uh, what else? Um, I think the better question yeah. to ask you is what have you not made? Oh, I've, <laughs> oh I want to make, well, I, I haven't made a quilt really other than drawing on one square that my mom sewed together back in 1994. I've made a few crafts. So, or, um, 
plush animals. I've never really made a teddy bear, which would be fun. I've made, there's a pattern my mom used all the time and I, I used it a couple of times to make uh, bunnies or dolls. What else do I want to sew? There's, there's a lot. Costumes. I've never made a 1950s dress. Yeah, I have a few. Yeah, I have a few patterns, but they're they're waiting for uh, me to open them and and start creating. But yeah, that's another fun thing. You keep discovering things that inspire you, and you can't wait to go home and and make them, or go to the craft store and buy the fabric. And I feel like sometimes, like you come prepared when you go to the store, you're like, okay, I want this, 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 and some other times you go and you're like, I don't know what I want. Okay, I want that. No, oh, that's I want dangerous that. though. That's a recipe for. <laughs> It it happens though. I'm on, I'm on a few Facebook groups for um, for sewing and 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 uh, there's so many jokes about <laughs> people, you know, having their their haul of patterns that go on sale. Or I was only going to Fabricland or Joann's in the states, or there's other, you know, Michaels or any other craft store, and I was just gonna buy this one pattern and the fabric for it, but then I wandered to the clearance section and. <laughs> The clearance bin too. You find a lot of stuff, and and it, sometimes it's guilt free because it's stuff you know you'll use sooner or later. You never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I, I I think I have reasonable self control. I've never gone absolutely crazy, but you know what? I f I feel <laughs> your pain. Uh, if people who've seen pictures of my studio, I have this giant yellow foam ball. Yeah, looking like, at it. <laughs> yeah, we're just looking at it, and it's yeah. covering around the mic. It's to isolate the sound. And I didn't have this before, and I'm like, you know what? I think I need this. Yeah, you convinced yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carve it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a necessity. So yeah, that's like basically I understand where you're coming from. And when it comes to sewing, what has it taught you in life? Yeah, the value of craftsmanship seems to be disappearing today. Um, the, uh, yeah, as I said a little earlier, the, the fact that things can be fixed, it's almost like a puzzle sometimes. And just, it's also taught me, you know, perseverance even though this zipper is annoying and it makes me want to just throw this whole project <laughs> out the window, I can get through this. And and also, I'm always amazed when I give gifts to people, things that I, I made. And yeah, I'm always amazed at how grateful they are. And it makes me, nothing warms my heart more than when someone loves something that, that I made, especially when you know, it was a challenge and uh, there were a few problems with it. So there's there's that. And uh, oh, and, and pictures and thank you notes. My uh, I've gotten a few pictures of uh, my boyfriend in his robe and I, he loves it. And I'm floored how much he liked it. And I, I, it makes me so happy. And um, he sent me a few pictures of of him on his couch being all comfy at home with it. Or... PG thirteen pictures. Yeah. <laughs> G pictures, Alex. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, he was holding a glass of whiskey, so maybe that's like PG. Fourteen. Fourteen A. Alcohol consumption. I don't know. Yeah, just th things that sewing has taught me about life. The legacy of something handmade. It's it's so powerful and uh, that you have to put yourself into everything that you do. It's it's a bit of a... It's a bit know, of everything. A, yeah, I grew up with it and, and so it's, it's hard for me to kind of pick out things that it's taught me, but it, it's taught me a lot. Everything from patience to uh, how to complete a 1940s dress in one night because you left it to the last minute and 
And also it's taught me not to leave things to the last minute. <laughs> I, I, I have to repeat that lesson over and over again. So <laughs> once again, I'm in the same boat as you and like leaving things to the last minute yeah, when it comes to editing. It yeah. happens. Yeah. You yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. It's called being an adult. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now this one might hurt. Okay. It, really bad pun. But have you ever hurt yourself? <laughs> it was, <laughs> have you ever hurt yourself while sewing? Uh, luckily, no. Although I've heard of some, I've heard horror stories. So if you're, the, sometimes the needle can break and the little tip of the needle can go into your eye. Oh God. Yeah. That's why sometimes when you take formal sewing lessons, they give you glasses or goggles to wear just in case. Normally the needle breaks either when you're trying to sew over a pin, which I, I guess a lot of seamstresses do it once in a while. I kind of, I'm guilty of it, but you really, you shouldn't because if it goes right into the pin, that's a surefire way to break your needle. Also, if you're sewing, um, if you're using a very fine needle on thick fabric, that's another way to, uh, that that can happen. Also, you have to be careful to, uh, one habit that I really recommend is, uh, Whenever you're adjusting the needle or you're touching the fabric close to the needle, you should always have your foot off of the pedal. It's a good habit to have because you could be fixing something and then, I don't know, your dog comes in or someone comes into the room and you get distracted and you accidentally put your foot on the, the pedal and the needle goes down when your fingers are there and you know you don't want that to happen so luckily that's never happened to me I think I've pricked myself a couple of times and maybe actually <laughs> one of my mom's sewing tables there was a chair tucked in I, I used to sit at the corner with the machine and there was a chair tucked in on the to my right side and um, I'd be still for a while kind of reading the pattern or, or cutting a piece and then I'd suddenly move to, I'd, I'd adjust my, my position to, um, to start sewing and to put my foot on the, uh, the pedal. And sometimes, I don't know whether I just got excited or whether I'm naturally clumsy, but uh, I kicked the, the chair leg <laughs> or like the leg <laughs> of the table while my foot was on the way to the, uh, the pedal. So I kind of stubbed my toe a couple Ooh. of times, but if that counts as an injury... <laughs> You know what? Whatever was not supposed to happen, I guess that counts as an injury. Yeah. But how, how often do you tend to sew? Oh, um. so the thing with me with sewing is I go long periods without sewing and then I get a burst of inspiration and all of a sudden I have three projects on the go. And yeah, I'd say for the past couple of months, I've sewn, I'd say maybe three or four times a week or Saturday afternoon. It, it really depends on the week. And uh, and also sewing, at least with the machine, is something that you can't really bring with you. So, And then when I'm done a project, I feel kind of tired. or So I kind of take a break from sewing for a while. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Depends on... Uh, I kind of... It goes in spurts. Um, when I was in university, I didn't do a lot of sewing. I kind of... During the summer holidays, I had a few patterns that I cut out and uh, there's uh, polar bear flannel pajamas that uh, have yet to be sewn. The, the pieces are all cut out, but they've been that way for uh, probably 10 years now. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's something that I, I can go months or sometimes a year without doing much of it other than the odd alteration. But then 
when I get back into it, I really sometimes I'm I'm glued to my sewing machine for a whole day because uh, I'm really inspired by a project and I, I want to I'm excited about it and it's the passion. So, yeah, it can really vary, basically. And during all these passionate moments that you do throughout the year, have there been times where it just frustrated you? I know we talked about the zipper yeah. <laughs> and you just like, you know what, screw this. I'm going to go for a walk or like, what is your process when you're getting stressed about a project you're currently working on? Do you step away or are you like me, very hard headed and try to power mm. through it? I try to power through it. I try to fix, I, I try to fix it right away. I don't know when I'm trying to get the, the hem straight and, uh, can't or sometimes the facing of uh, a dress or a skirt or something that's a little bit fiddly and it's it's hard to get your needle in there. Or sometimes uh, when it comes to sewing on buttons and making buttons ho- buttonholes, I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> so I, in that case, I take a break and then I come back. Uh, yeah, I usually I'd say I usually try to get through it and I, I try to you know, I'm determined to fix it as, as soon as possible because if I, I know that if I walk away for too long, it'll just sit there for a lot longer than uh, I'd like. So, Actually, I'm not an expert in sewing and I know some of my listeners aren't an expert at either, but I'm sure some of them do try it out. Hmm. And I feel like the first frustrating thing for them would be try to get the thread through the needle. Do you uh, have any tricks for that? Yeah, you can use uh, a threader. It's basically... Um, it's a little wire that it's easy to get through the um, the hole and then um, it provides you with a bigger hole to put the thread in and then you pull it and it pulls it through the the, uh, the eye of the needle. Um, make sure that your thread is, you, you have a really good pair of scissors and you make a really clean cut in the thread. That makes a difference because if the thread is frayed at the end, it kind of, it's going to be a lot harder. Um, sometimes, you know, you can kind of lick the thread and it makes it kind of slick. Um, I've tried that so much. It got so yeah. wet. I just like, you know what? It just droops down. And I- uh, it, it's, <laughs> it takes practice. Even someone who's been sewing for years and years, some days you get it first try and it's like second nature. Other days it's like, ah, oh, what's going on? It's like, you know, my third time and it's a little, it's finicky, but yeah, I guess uh, those <laughs> tips. Yeah, clean cut edge and, you know, start with a bigger needle if that helps. Uh, uh, yeah, like for me, when I do try to put the uh, thread through the needle, mm-hmm. whenever I don't get it, I bring the needle closer to my face and I open my eyes wider as if I'm staring down into the sole of the needle. <laughs> just why won't you go in? And I'm going very slowly. It could help. That could help. <laughs> my, my wife would like walk in and never happened. I can imagine her walking in, looking at me, just concentrating on my fingers like this. She can't see the needle or the thread. She's like, Alex, what are you doing? I'm threading. <laughs> but uh, for you, what was your biggest challenge? I know it's a weird segue, but what was your biggest challenge when you first started sewing? A couple of things. Maybe the first was I um, I was really ambitious and I, I got frustrated when my project didn't turn out perfectly or not the way I wanted it to, or it didn't look exactly like it did on the the envelope of the pattern. So that was a challenge. And my mom helped me through that. And I learned to, even when a project does have imperfections, um, or even when you do hit challenges along the way, you learn from them and you you try to fix them as best as you can. But that was a, a challenge to kind of accept that and, and, you know, accept the fact that um, not everything you make is going to be perfect, especially on your first try. Even I've made many... Uh, pairs of pajamas and 
a hem that I didn't do completely straight or uh, the seam wasn't as clean as I'd like because I was kind of rushing or so that was a, a challenge. Also, um, when I was learning, it takes a while to really understand a sewing pattern. Um, some of the terminology that they use, some of the the graphics and the instructions, it can be a little intimidating. You know, things like cut on bias. What does that mean? Interfacing. What's that? Why do I have to cut two of this piece and why does it have to be on the fold? Why does, uh, if I'm making a a skirt or a piece of clothing, why can't I just put this pattern piece where I have a lot of space on my fabric laid out on my table? Why does it have to be pointing in a certain direction? Things like that. They all, the short answer is you, you can't just put p pattern pieces down, you know, all scattered, however you like or wherever they fit. The, the grain line will affect how the fabric falls when you're wearing a garment. Um, and so sometimes it can really make or break a project if the fabric doesn't flow or fall properly. So definitely that took a little bit of time. Uh, and my, my mom helped me out a lot with that. She explained all those things and how sewing a print or a pattern, everything has to be, you know, in the same direction so that you don't get, you know, one sleeve with stripes going down your arm and another sleeve with stripes going across it, things like that. Or um, I'd say using patterns was uh, was a challenge. It, it gets easier though. And nowadays with YouTube and forums and, and websites, they're quite helpful and they'll explain things. So so would you say that you have a, no challenges today or you, do you still have some challenges? Oh yeah, there's, so my my boyfriend, uh, he emailed me at work one day saying, I have an amazing idea for a costume for Halloween this year, but it's might be kind of tricky and I don't know if you've ever done anything like this before. I said, okay, like, what is it? It was, um, it's a pattern for a, a costume for a, a Lanschnecht. I, I always stumble on the pronunciation of this. The Lant Snecht, Sknecht, I think that's Lant the right. Lant Yes, yes. It, it was a, um, they were basically German mercenaries in the 16th century. And uh, right now, my boyfriend's current, he has a current fascination with um, armor and, uh, you know, 16th century military history. And he saw this, um, you know, these, these, uh, these carvings and a lot of costumes that other people have made. And so... I'm like, yeah, that would be really challenging. And like, I was optimistic, but at the same time, I'm a little scared because it's, the sleeves are kind of complicated and it's a pattern. It, it's um, the, the woms, that's what they're called. They're sleeves that are really billowy and uh, they've got slits in them and they're supposed to fall a certain way. But if you don't use the right fabric and if you don't cut it, and you don't sew it right way, it can be, it can look really floppy and not good at all. So it's something I've never really done before. And it's also something, something complicated is also, you know, something that requires a lot of work and a lot of time. Sometimes part of the battle is just finishing something on time. Yeah, there's always going to be challenges. There's always things, um, ruching can sometimes be tricky these days. Yeah, I, I, you never really stop learning. So there's always, even for my mom who has sewn everything from bridesmaids dresses to curtains. Duvets. Yeah, she's sewn that. She Crafts. Yeah, she made a bunch of things. There's 
photo albums of stuff that she's made and it's it just it still blows me away uh I, I remember one bridesmaid, actually, no, it wasn't a bridesmaid dress. It was a prom dress for someone. And um, the bodice was meant to be pleated, but the person, the girl wanted it gathered. But the pattern wasn't really, it wasn't really meant to be that way. So my mom was pretty experienced and uh, she she knew what she was doing. And so she she gathered it and it ended up looking amazing and uh, it all turned out. But there was a time where it, ended up not like she had her um i should know the proper name for this not a mannequin but like a a dress something that you could uh a model uh not a dummy uh it's not really a dummy it's it's just basically a uh, torso yeah yeah and you can adjust it she couldn't get it on it because it when she switched it from pleating to gathering and so both can be really tricky but she's a total pro so she uh she fixed it and it it looked amazing and the the girl was really thankful and her dress looked really beautiful so yeah even the most experienced seamstresses um you know there's always a challenge i feel like you for yourself you have a picture of every project you created and you have them stored somewhere wait don't tell me you don't uh a lot <gasps> i mean ever since i had a cell phone yeah <laughs> okay um, okay i still in many cases i still have the thing itself like for the ones you gave away i'm sure you didn't take those back <laughs> no, no, no. I have pictures of the, the robe and uh, the 1940s dress and other dresses that I've I've made and uh, made a couple of blouses. Yeah, I'm bad at social media and actually posting pictures, but I think uh, I think I've been inspired to post some of them and, and you know, not be afraid to kind of. Well, you're in luck because I'm also bad at social media, but I'm going to post anything you share. Okay. So if you send me pictures of your things, I'm going to share it. So okay. there you go. We can both be bad together. <laughs> now, talking about sewing, what are some misconceptions about people who sew? That everything they wear was made by them. <laughs> that they made they make everything they wear. Um, that it's easy. It certainly isn't. It can be a challenge. That it's necessarily cheaper if you make something yourself. Sometimes it can be if uh, it depends on the fabric and the pattern. But uh, yeah, it's sometimes often it can it can be a lot more expensive than if you were to just go out and buy it. Yeah, a lot of fabrics, uh, whether it's for curtains or uh, formal dresses. It, yeah, it can get expensive. So there's that. Is there also the misconception that it's only for older people? Oh yeah, there's there's some of that. Although there's quite a few younger people that it hasn't completely died out. It's it's there's a lot of people my age and even younger who who still sew. They're um, crafting, knitting, sewing, knitting, embroidery is kind of seeing a little bit of a renaissance with millennials. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd say that's a, a misconception. Also. You know, there's a misconception that it's only a, a thing for women. There's there's men who sew too. Tailoring is still. I mean, look at Seville Row in in London. Uh, you know, Henry Poole and Co. There's tailors there who they do amazing things. And but there are female tailors as well. Um, so yeah, there's there's a misconception that uh, it has to be necessarily has to be a woman making a dress or a man making a suit. But no, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, I, so I go sometimes to, well, I do, last two years, to something called Anime North. 
Oh, yeah. You, yeah you're yeah, familiar? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Anime North, for people who do not know, it's an anime convection, convention. For people who do not know what anime is, it's pretty much Japanese cartoon mm -hmm. in Japan, so it's animation. And if you go to this convention, and I'm sure there's different conventions such as Comic-Con or Anime North or any type of other conventions, there's a lot of cool costumes and a lot of them, people sew it and create them themselves, yeah. male or female. They're amazing. I've seen some of them. And Would you ever create something for Anime North? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It basically, you know, it's kind of like Halloween costumes. I've never been to Anime North. I, I was never really into anime. My boyfriend kind of is. He's he's big on Dungeons and Dragons. And Same here. Warhammer. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And that that's actually where the um, Lent connect. Uh, I'm probably butchering <laughs> that, word that. We cannot pronounce. <laughs> I, I, he's probably listening to this and just face palming and shaking his head. And he's gonna mention <laughs> it when we come. He comes on to the and episode. His friends, <laughs> yeah, his friends too. And like I was part of a D and D Warhammer group uh, that he introduced me to so they're probably like for shame melissa <laughs> so yeah sorry <laughs> hey you don't need to say sorry yeah if they want to say something they have to come on to this show yes. there you go more guests yes. <laughs> but actually yeah i'm supposed to get your boyfriend eventually to talk about shaving which yeah but for, we'll talk about that later yeah, today yeah. is all about you um, <laughs> okay <laughs> so is this a hobby that you like to share with the world or keep it more for yourself oh definitely share with the world yeah i hope that in some way people can can benefit from uh the little things that i do i know it's kind of yeah it makes you feel small in the grand scheme of things but yeah i i love sharing it with the world i love I don't really do it for money like my mom did, but when uh, I'm really touched when someone comes to me and they need something altered uh, and they say, oh, you know, could you, do you think this is something you'd be able to fix? Or do you think you could hem these these pants? And I'm like, yeah, sure. It's, you know, a close friend or family and uh, I do it. And sewing is love. It's one way that I express uh, my love for my family and friends. So you know, that's that's uh, one reason why I want to share it with the world. And also just the creativity and, you know, you can transport yourself back to the 16th century or to the 1940s. And I get so excited with the, the history and talking about it and, and, you know, sharing, being honest and saying this was not easy and I, <laughs> I almost screwed it up, but turned out. And, and I love it when other people share their projects. On my Facebook newsfeed is filled with things that people have made, uh, whether from patterns or originally. And uh, yeah, it's I, I love seeing what they've made, too. And also, yeah, when I used to work at museums, um, I loved costumes and I loved things I made or the things that uh, my coworkers made. I loved sharing it and explaining it and hopefully helping people to appreciate the history of that garment and uh, how much work went into it. Teaching people, you know, this this was done on 1870s sewing machine that's that just not easy to operate. I know because I at Black Creek and Mackenzie House, I, I worked on that one. It's uh, yeah, but yeah, it's definitely something that I, I love sharing for, for many reasons. And uh, I hope that I'll continue to do that. And I, I hope that people like it. So I'm sure they will. And Melissa just proved that sewing brings fabric together and brings people together. Yeah. Look, look at that. Look at that. See what I did right there? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I'm so cheesy today. Oh, it's awesome. 
Speaking about like bringing people together, have you ever taught anybody sewing? Yeah. So um, when I was babysitting uh, the daughter of one of my mom's friends and coworkers, I, uh, yeah, I, I taught her how to sew on the machine, just a really basic thing. She was, she was interested in that. She liked crafts. So to be honest, I don't consider myself a very good teacher, but that went, that went well. Also, when I was working at Pickering Museum Village, my first museum gig, uh, we used to do a craft program. That, that's another museum you need to visit, by the way. <laughs> Shameless promotion of... <laughs> hey, hey, say whatever you need <laughs> to say. They're amazing sites and I have great memories there. Uh, but anyway, um, we took turns running a kid's craft program. So spend a morning in this pioneer village and uh, doing things that they, they would have done back then. And uh, my craft, I, of course, I undertook the... Uh, the week that involved sewing as a craft. So I taught, uh, we had, it was a small group that week, but I taught a couple of kids how to sew by hand. And I was a little nervous because it can be intimidating for kids and most of them hadn't sewn before. And so I wasn't sure how it was gonna turn out, but it was awesome. You know, me and my my coworkers were, uh, were helping them. It was a small group, so we could kind of do one-on-one and, I taught them it's like a snake. So hold the needle really gently and you want to go in and out and do one at a time. Because if you try to go too fast, if you try to bunch up the fabric and kind of sandwich it and then pull the needle through, it's uh, that's one way to kind of get your thread tangled. So yeah, um, but it was fun teaching them. And it was nice because there was a boy there who I thought, oh, I don't think he'll like sewing. I don't think he'll be interested in it. And he seemed a little ambivalent at first, but then I think he saw the other kids doing it. We also had little grids to make it easier so that they'd know where to put the their, um, it, it was a guide for the needle. And uh, it turned out that his little pouch, that was what we were making, turned out great. And uh, he said, so uh, are you guys uh, going to do sewing again in the in another uh kids in the village program and we started laughing because we thought oh my gosh he likes it yay he's like are you guys gonna do another one not that i'm interested i'm asking for a friend <laughs> yeah. but asking are you gonna do a new friend, one yeah, yeah. <laughs> puts on a mustache next yeah. week, next class oh, i am timmy weren't you here last <laughs> your last week jimmy no no oh my, my name's timmy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was fun that was really fun it's uh yeah well, that's good. I'm glad that you bring this passion to other people Aww. and it makes people very excited to even come back into it. Even the people that you did not expect <laughs> to like it end up enjoying it. I, was... I feel I won't. I gave it a try every now and then. But uh, if you have any questions about that, I'm sure you're going to ask me if you Aww. don't. But uh, do you have any social media links or websites that you would like to share? It could either be websites that you go shopping or forums or even ah. personal, let's say Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, um... anything else. There's a few groups on Facebook that I find really helpful. You can post if you have a problem with a certain project, you can you can do that. There are private groups that you have to you have to sign up for it and then you can see it. But there's those. Those are helpful for uh for help. There's um some forums and some really nice blogs. I have Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, so on my Instagram account, my my name is Retro Retro Mel. So you can find me there and uh yeah, I've been inspired to post a few photos, uh, so I will. I'll do that, and hopefully, uh, yeah, people can go and see what I'm talking about. Uh, I'll post some pictures of the robe and the, you know, my old beanie baby 
uh, clothes and you're just gonna put everything so that's perfect i'm gonna put that in the description below so people can go click and find it awesome <laughs> yeah i still consult i mean there's my mom i'm kind of i'm spoiled that way i kind of <laughs> <laughs> loved you yeah. are loved oh yeah really i uh i kind of consult a number of different blogs i i haven't followed one religiously um, but that might change because there's uh, there's a lot of interesting crafting and sewing blogs out there. And one of yeah. the popular ones, I don't know about sewing, but especially for pretty much a lot of different things, Reddit. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure there's a subreddit for sewing. Oh, I'm sure. I don't. I don't use. I don't have a Reddit account, but maybe I should make one. You could do it for free. You don't even have to make an account. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you could just spy in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've done. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've browsed Reddit before with the. There you go. So yeah. if you ever just feel that Melissa is in the Reddit forum with you, she's <laughs> spying with you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what I also tend to do is I throw the question to you to throw it to me. Do you have any questions for me about sewing? Um, I am definitely not an expert and okay. definitely not prepared for this. Okay. So I have one question. Do you happen to like and or use tote bags? Uh, remind me what a tote bag is. I'm like very just bags for you can basically put anything in it when you go grocery shopping or books oh, or absolutely. anything. I love tote bags. I I use it for like carrying stuff, even just from one room to another. I just like carry everything instead of I put it in my pockets. No, what do you what do you have there? Oh, a little, you know. It's a pizza. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, not a pizza, but. Uh, Oh, this is awesome. So she just gave surprise. me a gift. Did you, did you make this? Yeah. This is, oh, wow. I love it. Oh, this is cool. Okay, wait. Um, I, so I, I wasn't sure if I should surprise you during the podcast. But I'm like, yeah, I got to throw him a curveball. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm leaving you guys in suspense. She made me a tote bag with the time for your hobby logo on it. And oh, this is so cool. It's got like a 3D feel to it. Oh, I wish this is a video podcast oh. so I can just show it. This is awesome, Melissa. Thank you. Oh, oh I'm, gonna, I'm gonna carry this around anywhere. Like, really? I, yeah, absolutely. Just, I don't even know what I'm gonna put in it yet. I'm gonna put a, an apple and just walk around with it. I'm just gonna, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna show this to my wife tonight. She's gonna oh. be very jealous. Is she allowed to use it or is it just oh. for me? Oh yeah. <sighs> well, it, it's your tote bag. So you can hopefully, hopefully you'll share it, but. It's, it's up to you. But. This is awesome. I, I'm i going to take a picture of this and I post it on Instagram. I'm going to post this of, before I release this episode just oh. to say I love it. I'm going to oh. share it again the day I release the episode so people remember like, oh yeah, the okay. tote bag. This is so awesome. I can go on like... I just, <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about it. Like when you said, oh, where does your inspiration come from? Yeah, like I, I, I saw the mug that someone made for you and I thought, wow, I'd love to sew that. <laughs> Let's do it. So I did. And I just, it's like this maniacal obsession. Like, And I, I just, yeah, inspiration. I, I thought, I don't know if this can be done, but I'm going to try. And so it was fun. And I, I've, the tote bag part wasn't too hard because I've made, I've made bags before and it's pretty simple, but the, the cutting out of the, the logo pieces and it was fun. And I, I really enjoyed doing it. So I'm glad that you gave me you know, the opportunity to do something like that and the podcast and I hope you like it. I, I love it. I'm Right now my <laughs> mouth is open just staring at it. Aww. I should be listening to Melissa. I'm like, but oh, this bag is dope. <laughs> I love it. 
Uh, but no, like. It's dope, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's really dope. I'm like, my hands are touching, like I could feel it. <laughs> this is so cool. I can go on for hours, like just like looking at it. Like when I had that mug, I just stared at it. I'm like, yeah, this is my it's mug. It's amazing. I, I, yeah, that it just, I loved it and and I thought, wow. And that's, yeah, that's what inspired me. So it kind of goes back to, you know, inspiration can come from anywhere. And, you know, as soon as you get your hands on fabric and you go to your machine and you get your needles out, it's, uh, I, I'm thankful that it, it turned out the way it did and it, it worked. I definitely took a few creative risks and I kind of. It worked. It's perfect. <laughs> I, there's it's, no It's complaint. the magic. It, it's fun every time. I really find it fun and challenging and uh I almost feel like I don't want to use it. I just want to hang it on the wall. <laughs> just like have it in this room so people You come. can do whatever you want. This with is, it. <laughs> I'm just too happy right now cuz I'm going to Metro later. I'm going to carry I'm definitely carrying this to Metro. I'm like, really? yeah, this is my tote bag. And maybe it'll promote your podcast. Exactly. Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, well, where'd you get that?" I'm like, "Oh, that's from episode 61 talking to <laughs> Melissa. You should go check that out." And she talks all about it. Oh. <laughs> this is awesome, Melissa. Thank you so much. Aww. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. It was fun. So yeah, there you have it. Another <laughs> body with a hobby. Thank you so, so much, Melissa, for coming on and sharing everything. The deep story, the relationship with your grandmother and sewing, the passion of where it brought you today, the three machines, maybe a fourth <laughs> one to come with a Siri or Google. <laughs> I won't lie. It kind of makes me feel like a baller, but I, I yeah, it, it's ball not, away. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, it, it's humanly impossible to operate. And like, I'll probably end up just stubbing my toe on the chair leg, you know, going back to my, uh, clumsiness so but if you yeah. do get stuff you're just <laughs> gonna go right back. you're gonna get right back at it it's not gonna let you stop no. you. <laughs> so yeah if you want to learn more about melissa you have this lovely full episode oh. that is currently my longest episode oh, and no. still no, uh -oh. no there's nothing wrong with that everybody has their different lengths and that okay. means everybody shares to the heart's content so this is what it took to share your story i'm gonna keep the whole thing there's no cutting oh, out really you yeah. can edit it well i'm gonna edit the parts while i talk so. no you can edit me it, it's my boyfriend jokes that it takes me like he he thinks it's cute the way that I tell stories because I, you know, I, I, I set up a context and a pre-story and then I get into the story and I get lost in details and then like, oh, wait, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. OK. It just, <laughs> well, yeah. you this this whole storytelling experience led you up to this tote, tote bag, oh. this bag right here, which I just got really excited. Like if you were just gave it at the beginning, I've been, been excited. But after all that story and the like the passion behind it, I'm like even more excited. Aww. So that's really cool. So, uh, yeah, if you want to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you think this episode is going to be helpful for anybody, by all means, share with them because sewing is a very relaxing, if you don't prick yourself, <laughs> a very relaxing process. And it can be helpful for anybody. It can bring people together and bring fabric together, like I said before. Mm -hmm. And uh, once again, I just have to say thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much. It was fun. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>